Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. <laughs> Hello and welcome to this bonus edition of the Love Tennis Podcast. I'm recording this the very day of the US Open uh, due to the vagaries of trying to get three people on the same Zoom call at the same time over a weekend. Uh, George and Calvin have done their own little bit and I'm going to talk you through my fantasy tennis team over the next couple of minutes. Um, you of course can still enter if you head over to at Love Tennis Pod, you'll find the link to the form there. It's very simple stuff. You pick 10 players. Um, It's a multiple choice form, so you don't even have to remember uh, who you've picked. You can just uh, click one of the options. Uh, You pick a top four seed, one from five to 16, and then one from 17 to 32. Uh, An unseeded player and a qualifier, five from each draw to make a team of 10 in total. And then quite simply, you get points for winning matches, Um, which is why, and I will no longer beat around the bush for my team. I've gone with Novak Djokovic as the leader of my team. Um, he doesn't get any extra points for that. I just sort of like to have good morale kicking around in the team. Uh, I think he's probably going to win the US Open. He's probably going to win the Grand Slam. And if he doesn't, he will almost certainly make the final. So it feels like a, a no-brainer. I would say that that's probably the easiest pick of the the kind of lot. And, and none of the others I've found easy. Uh, from the, the 5 to 16, uh, there's lots of different options that people have been going for, I think. I, I'm I'm going with Denis Shapovalov. I'm not delighted about it, but it's kind of a draw pick. Sort of look at his section and think he's good enough to beat any of Hatchinov, Karenia Booster or Opelka, uh, especially on hardcore, uh, despite Opelka's form and, and Karenia Booster similar. I just think Shapovalov has, should have enough. Um, and then he runs into Zverev in the quarterfinal and, and you know, much as Vera's been in great form, who knows who knows what that might bring. So uh fingers crossed for Dennis. Um similarly I, I really like the draw of Ugo and Bear. Uh so I've gone with him. He has got City Bass in round four potentially who who beat him in Canada, but I, I think really that the rest of the way he he should make his way through. He he's obviously got a huge amount of talent. We think he's gonna go a long way. But he at times has shown a Frenchness. Um 
He's got Peter Gajocic in the first round, who a qualifier he should beat. Potentially Dusan Lejovic in the second round, who is a much better clay court player than he is a hard court player. So again, I, I would kind of back him to win that. And and then Christian Garin is his his projected seed, and and again that's a very winnable match for him against a, a guy who doesn't have such great pedigree on the hard courts compared compared to clay courts. Or albeit that he's having a career year, you know, fourth round of. Wimbledon and the French, but um, I would still back Umber seven times out of ten to win that. And, th- and then who knows, you know, he might play to T-Pass, he might play Murray, who knows. Um, so we'll see where he goes from there. Uh, the surprise is always the hardest one because you're picking from about 90 players. Uh, I've gone on form, really. I've gone for Ilya Ivashka. Uh, he won the title in Winston-Salem. He's 11-4 and on hard courts this year. Obviously made the fourth round of Wimbledon, which is a career best for him. So he's clearly on a massive hot streak. And I kind of like, you know, the surprise is you get two points per win, you know, compared to 0.5 for the top four seeds, for example. They know, you know, they're going to get a seed probably in, in round two. Um, well, of course they are. In fact, there's no probably about it, uh, assuming the seed wins. So you're kind of just hoping. He's got Tennis Sandgren in the first round, who I think he beats. And, and then Fabio Fanini potentially, and and you know you just kind of hope that the wrong Fanini turns up, and and that's not not that unlikely, uh, especially kind of he's had a weird summer. I know he got to the I think semi final of doubles in Cincinnati, but he had lost to like Guido Pella in the singles, so he's obviously been doing some odd things. Um, he lost to Carbaez Bayner not long ago as well. Some strange results there, and and you kind of hope you might get one of them. And then finally, the qualifier. I didn't think there was an obvious guy to pick out. Uh, I know lots of people have gone for Botic van der Zandsloop, um, but I've gone for the all qualifier first round matchup uh, on the grounds that you know that's that's your best chance of getting a win. Alex Molkan of Slovakia plays uh, Cem Ilkul the Turk. Uh, I think I think Alex Molkan's got enough, quite frankly. So uh, I, I could well be wrong, but that that feels like the best way. Way into the draw with the uh, with the qualifiers, I was quite tempted by um, uh, Zapata Morales. He's got Feliciano Lopez, who's formed me pretty up and down, and he was in as a lucky loser, funny enough, Morales. But he's a heck of a player. He beat Anton Matusevic in a five setter in in qualifying Wimbledon. It was very good to watch. Um, yeah, so that's my men's lineup. Uh, I'll maybe give you a chance to listen to to Calvin and George now, and then I'll come back and give you my women's at the end. All right, Ben Calvin, let's go through your draw. So that's, well, let's go through both of our draws at the same time. Then. So let's start, should we start with the men's side? Yeah, let's do the men's. Okay, so the star men's, I'm, I'm going quite a boring choice. I'm going for Novak Djokovic. Uh, reasons being, he's won the last three Grand Slams, seems pretty untouchable in best of five sets, and he's given himself a rating out of 10 to win this tournament as 21 as an ode to the 21 slams he thinks he's going to win by the end of it. So he seems confident. So I'm, I see no reason to go against him, even if the Olympics has put a slight doubt in my mind. What, who have you gone for? Um, I've mixed it up. I've gone Medvedev, actually, um, for a multitude of reasons. One, I mean, I, I think Djokovic is going to win the tournament, but this is purely a tactical um, tactical. Um, fantasy tennis pick in that um, he's a different option towards the end if everyone's got the same um, same people. Uh, I do think he's comfortably-ish the second favourite, along with Zverev. 
I'd be surprised if the winner isn't one of those three. I'd be hugely surprised. Um, and also, Djokovic had a, you know he had his little thing at the Olympics. He had his um, a couple of niggling injuries, hasn't he? Which he tends to come into the US with. Um, so yeah, um, I'm just I just got yeah I think he's going to win one of these hard court slams sooner or later, and why not now? It, it is the slam Djokovic has won least. I mean, it feels like as a hard court slam, Djokovic should be a kind of slam dunk, but the US is always the weirdest slam, I think. Always the one where something kind of mad and unexpected happens, just like last year. So, yeah, I, I think that's justifiable. And also, I think that he's, Medvedev seems to have just the right amount of tennis in him as well. I think the last time when he came in and he lost to Nadal in the final, I remember before the final, my main doubt, apart from that Nadal was was a better version of Nadal than he is now, was that Medvedev had played so much tennis that summer. Yeah. Um, and, it, and on the hard course, it can just run you down. And I think it might have played a little part, being that it was so close in that fifth set. It's a fair comment. And that leads quite nicely onto my probable pick. So this is between the fifth seed and the 16th seed. I'm going for the man who last beat Daniel Medvedev, Andre Rublev, who's the fifth seed. So again, taking the highest seed possible in the bracket. Uh, but I think Rublev's playing really good stuff and it, it kind of feels like he, this year more than in previous years, he's beating everyone who he shouldn't be, but also kind of starting to register some really top level wins against the best players in the draw as well. So he seems kind of a, a very solid pick. Who have you gone for? Um, I've gone Berrettini. Um, he's got a, quite a nice section of the draw from what yeah. I saw. Um, he's done well here before. Semis three years ago, two or three years ago. Yeah. Um, two years ago, maybe. Um, nice section of draw, being in the final, it's good form. Um, not played loads since um, since Wimbledon, has he? Yeah, but, that, um, that put me off slightly, I have to say. I know he obviously had a slight injury in that Wimbledon final and he's, I think yeah. he's played twice since, both in Cincinnati. Yeah, but I just, I, I think that he's... He's got the pedigree. I think he's got a bit between his teeth. I, I fancy him to go deep into the draw. But looking at his section of the draw, I'd be surprised who could beat him before he gets to his seeding position, which is quarterfinals. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's why I've gone Berrettini. Yeah, fair enough. Um, there were a couple of other people I was kind of considering in that section, like Hercats and Shapovalov as well, whose draws both looked doable. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I think Rublev and Berrettini will be pretty popular picks to be honest um yeah. I, w- I, w- I really liked Yannick Sinner's first three rounds but I was put off that he then runs into Zverev which was a bit of a shame for him yeah well they beat Zverev comfortably at the only time they've met at Slam didn't he yeah and that but later that year on hardcore he got pretty hammered by Zverev I think in right one of those okay. blown ones so that, that that put me off as well yeah yeah okay okay so the possible I found this section really difficult. Um, just, I don't fancy any of them particularly. They've all kind of got slightly testing first rounds or run into someone tough round three. Just it didn't really speak to me. I, I, so I've gone for more of a gut pick than a someone I think is in amazing form. It's Ugo Umber, who I know you like as well normally. But yeah. I, I just didn't really fancy anyone in this section, to be honest. So that, that was a fairly lowest... Uh, common denominator pick rather than a, 
a really inspired one, to be honest. Uh, yeah, same. It, it was a, it was a strange one. Um, after spe- after saying that I've gone with form for the other two, I've then gone and picked Dan Evans. Um, <laughs> his jaw's okay though, isn't it? I mean, it, it, it's not terrible, but yeah, again, you're put off by his slam record in recent times. But he's yeah, done well before. He's done well at the U.S. Open before. And I think the thing with the U.S. Open, and more than any of the other slams, is some people just take to New York. Some people like being there, and some people don't. Um, and he's, he's twice had good runs there. I think he enjoys it. He's not in great form, but he's got a nice section. The thing with Evo, as always, is the, the type of players he has to play against. Uh, there's certain players who you think that's just a bad matchup for him. But I don't think there are any of those really in his in his section. So I, I quite fancy him. And he's actually he's not been in great form in terms of wins, but I watched him against um, Schwartzman and he actually played really well in that match. Um, and a couple others, he's, he's played all right. He needs to stop losing his serve early on in sets. That That's where he's really got himself in trouble. Because I think I, even the other day, um, who did he lose to the other day? Skip my mind now. Um, I can't remember who it was, but he lost serve again. Oh, he's... Um, Gasquet. Gasquet, Gasquet yeah. yeah. He lost serve again. First, He lost his first service game. And he's a decent returner, but not an unbelievable returner. And once that happens, he's under pressure. He's just set down. And then you're always feeling the pressure of having to come from a set down all the time. And he's really got to stop doing that. But if he stops doing that, if he can get actually into... That sort of thing tends to happen as well when you're low on confidence. Like, you tend to be a bit tight at the start of matches. Um, and that sort of thing can happen. But um, if he does that, I quite fancy him to get, get into the draw um, a fair bit. Definitely win his foot. I think he'll definitely make his seeding position. I mean, you, you have to think he's going to beat Thiago Montero first round, don't you? I mean, regardless what form yeah. he's in, that, that's a pretty pretty kind draw. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, his results this summer, just to quickly go through, I mean, he, he beat Luca Pui in three early in Winston-Salem, then lost to Gasquet, lost to Schwartzman in three, lost to Bublik in two, and lost to Nakashima in two. So, I mean, it's definitely not the form he's been in, but maybe that'll help, Dan, because last year, you know, he was in really good form outside the slams and then came in and yeah. just didn't Yeah, happen. he's had such a strange year. His whole year has been based on, like, two weeks, basically. Two weeks and, a, and not bad at Wimbledon. Yeah. Like, he, he won the tournament in Australia and didn't do anything until semi-finals in Monte Carlo, beating Djokovic, and didn't do anything... And then third round of Wimbledon hasn't done anything since. So um, it, it's a strange, strange, funny old game, isn't it? Absolutely. So our surprise, um, I've gone for a guy who, who seems to me is picking up a lot of quite decent wins at the minute, even if perhaps inconsistent. Um, and I think he actually meets Rublev in round three. So it's not exactly a, a perfect pick, but I'm going for Francis TFO. In this one, I think he's yeah, decent, decent idea. I just I don't like picking TFO because I, I do think he's a very good player, but his results are so up and down. Um, he can, as we saw at Wimbledon, he can beat pretty much anybody, but then lose to anybody in the draw yeah. as well. <laughs> yeah. so, uh, that, that is kind of what you're going to get from most people ranked around here, to be fair. But yeah, I guess so. Yeah, uh, I've gone for Corder. Um, mm-hmm. Thought he thought he was really good at Wimbledon. Um, really impressed with him. Think he's looks like he's ready to step up. I'd I'd be surprised if he's not 
top 15 this time next year, um, I think. And I think the thing is with Corder, this, if we're looking at the summer hard courts, he's only actually played four matches, but the guys he's lost to have been Sissipas and Sinner. So yeah. you're not actually particularly alarmed by those results. You just think no. those are kind of no. bad draws. Um, Basilashvili round one feels very winnable for him. Although yeah. Basilashvili is one of those players who can just turn up and spank you off the court. Yeah, true. So that's one to be too worried about. TFO yeah. is worth the starts against uh, Chris Eubanks. So you'd kind of hope he'll win that. Well, he's losing five. Who knows? In the qualifying, I actually was... I looked at the qualifiers and I quite fancied Chris Eubanks. Um, but but then I saw he had TFO and I, I don't think he'll beat TFO. So, no. I hope um, not. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's move on to the qualifiers then. So you didn't go for Chris Eubanks. Who who did you... I went for Maxim Cressy. Um, the I men's qualifying was, yeah, the men's qualifying was a much of a muchness. Um, I, I wouldn't take any any of them with any real confidence. So, quite like watching Cressy. I think he's probably due a run in a slam. Huge serve, serve volleys. Um, yeah, I think he, he could do damage. He's the kind of guy who can, you know, he can do damage if he gets a decent draw. So, that's basically where I went with. I, I wanted to pick Cressy because I like him, but... I was put off by Karina Buster round one. That doesn't, but you know, yeah. he's someone who could be blown off the court, I suppose. But he'd need to play, yeah, to win that. And yeah, true. But you never know. I have gone for. I I I kind of agree with you. That I I I I swear I say this every slam. But I don't see any of these people going beyond the second round, which yeah, yeah. Is always proven wrong, but. I'm going to go for someone I think we mention in every build-up to every slam. I'm going for Bottic van der Zandschluck. This okay. Um, I thought he had a decent... I think he's got a decent first round. Bottic van der Zandschluck is one of those players who I kind of know because he just spent a lot of time around the future circuit before he went up. Um, absolute lunatic. Um, can definitely play some decent tennis. He's qualifying for all the slams, isn't he? Which is kind of shows there's a decent level. Um, but yeah, he actually lost to um, Broads beat him in the when he qualified for the French last year, didn't he? Yeah. So, um, but he's, since then he's really taken off. Yeah. So he's playing Carlos Taberna, who I think was a qualifier in previous slams this year. But yeah, he's the guy who beat uh, Anton Matusovic at Wimbledon, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, yeah. It was tough. There were actually there were two qualifiers playing each other who I forget. Exactly who I were. Oh, it was Cem Ilkel, the Turkish player. I can't remember the, who he's actually playing now off the top of my head. But normally when you have two qualifiers pit against each other, you're like, oh, I'm, I'm definitely going to over one of them. And I was looking through yeah, their yeah. results. And it's like both of them are losing like the second round of challenges with one set being like to one or love. Yeah. Like, I actually can't in good conscience choose between yeah, yeah. <laughs> two results. So Botic it is, but not overly confident. Slightly uh, more confident about my star women's pick. I've gone for Ash Barty, which I think is a fairly... She's playing really well. She's been really good all year. Yeah. I Obviously, Osaka is the player on hard courts who's been the player to beat, but I, I'm just a bit worried. I, I can't... I, I don't like... She's not played enough. I'm just a little bit concerned for her form. But if she plays how she should, she will win the title. But I, I'm just yeah. not sure she'll find that level at the minute. But I, I've gone for her. I understand the 
the reservations, but I've gone for it because I think you should probably get through the first week. And then I think with it, with these things, if you get through the first week, you've got enough tennis in you then. Um, and we know she can win in New York. She likes play again. Another player who likes playing there, which is strange. <laughs> going what we spoke about with her, with the sort of a sort of mental state and what have you, and the fishbowl type environment that New York is. But she just seems to love playing there. Yeah, it'd be an interesting final if it was Osaka. Osaka. I just that's what I just hope from the women's that we have a, a, some semis and some finals where all of these stars are in it. You know. No disrespect to the other girls who've done it this year, but I just want to see if I'd love to see a semi final of like, well, we can't. Uh, Svontek's going to play, yeah, yeah, in the quarter, so that's not going to happen. But and Andrescu isn't in any sort of form, really, mm. that you could see her making semis. But I'd love to see like maybe a, a Goff, Andrescu, uh, Barty, Osa- Osaka semi final lineup or something like that. So on the probable, who, who have you gone for? Probable, I have gone for... Wait a minute, let me get my list back up. <laughs> probable, I have gone for... Oh, Muguruza, again, couldn't... Sit. It's impossible to pick with these <laughs> female players, isn't it? <laughs> because they just... They they don't... Um, they, they just... They can all lose at any stage. I was going to go Sakari, um, which I guess would be the obvious one, but... Um, I thought Muguru's has actually done all right in terms of at the slam, she's kind of beaten who she should be and got to a seeding position most of the time. Sakari's so just in the possible, I think, to be fair. So she's not it's really... right, it's one under then. Sorry, yeah, one under, um, but, um... and I've not gone possible with her because I have gone for Corey Goff, who go. I can see having a good run. So, now... uh, I do. Uh, I do uh, think she's due. A, I think Goff is really due a run where she makes a semi or a final anytime soon. Well, I, I, I've resisted both your picks. I've gone for. I have gone for Sviontek. Um Not based on any great logic, and I, I don't like having a player who can meet one of my other players in the quarterfinals. But I'm kind yeah. of hoping she's going to get to the quarterfinals and guarantee me a semi-finalist. That's yeah, all my kind of safety picking. And in the women's, that's not a particularly safety next. They could easily go out in the first four rounds. So it might be a point. Yeah. I, I, Magrutha was on my radar, but she actually meets um, Azarenka round three. And I, I've gone for Azarenka in the possible. Right. Uh, okay. Yeah, I thought about Azarenka, yeah. But again, it's, it's just... You look at pedigree and that kind of thing, but there's no sort of form for anybody, is there? I mean, Svitolina won the tournament last week and she's basically been terrible, except for she had a good, decent run at the Olympics. It's been terrible since then and then won a tournament yesterday. Yeah, it's, it is it is a, a bit of a minefield, to be honest. Um, speaking of the Olympics, my surprise, again, has just been picked based on that, really. I've gone for Vondrasova. I saw her playing... Some really good stuff there, but she'd been absolutely dreadful before that. So, that, <laughs> you know, it's, it's it's more it's more hope than expectation. But all the same, I mean, I picked, I've gone for Amanda and it's him over, and she's been again, she's been in no sort of form this year. I just think she's do think she's a quality player, and she'll have a decent another decent run at a slam. So I was going to say a decent run. She's been the semis of the slam, of course, at the French. Um, but I think she's just due another one at some stage, and. She's from America, you know. That's that's all that's based on, really. 
I mean, there were players like Jill Teichman who were kind of in that that section as well. She obviously had that amazing run, and I'm trying to remember. Oh yeah, well, so she's meant to meet like Sviontek round three. I mean, that that does just kind of put you yeah. off quickly. But but it wouldn't surprise me actually if she kind of just yeah. went through and did it. But even like Contevite round two is not any sort of walkover. And yeah, they can all again. It's, it's tough picking the women's. Um, and in the qualifying, I gone for Dalma Galfi, who again I know from just futures tournaments that kind of thing, and she's got a few weapons. I don't. It's not a pick I've chosen with any sort of confidence, but um, I just thought you know she's all. I know she's a decent enough player. She's got some weapons, so went with that. So she she's got Petra Martic first round thirtieth seed. Certainly someone who can be. Dangerous, yeah. but not. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd probably, I'll be honest, I probably would have picked Raducanu um, if she hadn't have got Jen Brady first round. I do think Raducanu is, everything points to that she's playing at the level of somebody who's about 60 in the world at the minute. Um, so I would I would have gone with that, but I don't, I don't think it's sensible to say that she will beat Jen Brady. Um, I'm not saying that she can't, but if I was if I was going to bet on one of them, I'd go for Brady. Well, for the, for the time being, I was saying to Calvin before before we started recording that because we're splitting this pod into two separate recordings because we we're on different schedules today. So this is the earlier section of the recording, and I'm currently on Raducanu because I've not really assessed the women's qualifying draws or where they've all sat. Um. And I, I still, I'm not convinced Brady is in the best form at the minute. It's not the player who reached the Australian Open final in the US semis last year. She's had some injury issues. And I just feel if Raducanu, it's one of those, if she comes through that match, she suddenly takes over a good position of the draw. Yeah. And you're thinking that could be fourth round. And that, that's kind of my temptation. I look at the other names on this list and I'm thinking, you know, are any of you going to go past second round? And as we've seen before, if you get a qualifier, you can suddenly jump to the second week of the slam. That, that's basically you in the top, top third. Yeah, I mean, and I think a lot of people will go for it, won't they? So it's almost like kind of a, kind of a safe pick in some ways, because I think a lot of people will still. Yeah. I think the other thing I thought why I'd slightly favor, why I'd favor Brady against Raducanu is that she hits the ball so big. And I think what Raducanu likes is she's quite a skillful player she likes to be able to get into the rallies and use her hands use her skill and her consistency and be able to move the other player around whereas Brady could just blow her away um which which may neutralize but we'll see we'll find out in a couple of days time won't we definitely so Brady just just for the sake of um so we have the facts in front of us she retired from the French Open 6-1 down to Goff. She returned in Cincinnati. She beat Alexandrova first round and then gave Yelena Rostabenko a walkover second round there. Now, I don't know how serious that injury is, but that doesn't necessarily suggest it's someone in perfect shape for this. But No. No. It's isn't it, Raducanu? It's tempting. I probably will stick with this, to be honest, despite my... Just yeah, for how far she could go. 
but we shall see. We shall see indeed, George. That was, of course, George Belshaw and Calvin Bettel, my two fellow podcasters running through their teams in this bonus podcast. Uh, I'm just going to quickly run you through the women's section of my team. You've already heard my men's at the beginning, of course. Uh, I'll start at the top with the top four seeds. Really tricky one, this. I wanted to pick Naomi Osaka, but I think... I just don't feel that I can trust her form at the moment. And actually, I don't think she feels she can trust her form either, quite frankly. Um, she, she obviously said she wanted to go away and to work on some things. She may well have had the chance to do that. Uh, but I'll be interested to see exactly what that looks like. So I've gone for Ash Barty, who's been in, in pretty pretty good form in, in 2021. I think everyone can agree, uh, bar that injury that she obviously suffered at the... Uh, the French Open, which is a bit of a concern. She she went and won the Wimbledon title a few weeks later. No problem there. Won the title in Cincinnati. I think it's a bit of a no-brainer, really. Um, not as much as Djokovic, but certainly a, an, an easy enough pick. Well, I mean, that's the end of the easy picks in the women's draw. This is women's tennis at the moment. It's not easy. Um, I, I, I kind of hate myself for picking Petra Kvitova uh, because it's always a mistake to trust Petra Kvitova too much especially because she pulled out of her semi-final uh, against Angelique Kerber, uh, injured, which is kind of an, ed- an added concern. But she's still going to the US Open, uh, quarterfinal, sorry, not semi-final. Um, so that would suggest that she's recovered okay. I think it was an ankle injury. It didn't look too bad. You know, she was midway through the second set and battling quite hard. So I don't know, we'll, we'll, we'll see. She's got Plona Herzog in the in the first round, who again I think she beats nine times out of ten. Um, she's got a relatively nice section, uh, I, I think. Anyway, I mean it, it, they can get thrown so wide open so quickly, but her seeds are, I think, Sakari and then either Ostapenko or Andreescu, and I kind of think she can win all of those matches on on the right day. But, you know, it could be almost anyone. Sakari's got Marta Kostryk in the first round who who could spring a surprise of her own, so who knows. But, um, yeah, I'm kind of hoping that, you know, Petra Gritter has been to the quarterfinals of the US Open twice. Uh, I think she can probably make it that far again and that would be quite a handy haul of points for me. Uh, similarly, Coco Goff, I think that's, I think that's probably the easiest one. That the, the bottom half of the women's seeds is an absolute crapshoot as far as I can see. I, I did like Sakari, actually, um, just because... She's played some good tennis this year, but equally has, has not always fared the best in the latter rounds and the tougher matches. Um, but Coco Goff has no fear. She It's her home tournament. And I think there's so much mental stuff going on in, in women's tennis at the moment where you've got players who aren't used to being in the last stage of these tournaments and they have to battle in, in really high-pressure situations and they don't necessarily know what to do or, or at least just, just in unfamiliar territory and for Coco I just think she just just bounces off her she doesn't feel it so yeah why not uh, I've got another form pick in my surprise uh, and it is probably the biggest gamble lot Camille Georgie uh, she obviously plays Simona Halep in the first round but I, I kind of get the feeling that Simona Halep is, is hanging on to her season and that it might well be that after the US Open she calls it quits and, and just says right I'm taking the rest of the year off and and see how we go because she's obviously had this calf problem and you know she's not not been fit quite frankly um Camille Georgie conversely is in a world of form 
she won her first title in Canada. She's obviously got her dad out of her box and she's had a troubling relationship with him. Uh, she was beaten by Pagula in Cincinnati in the first round, but you know Pagula's been playing well this year and I don't read too much into it. Nevertheless, it is a pretty big gamble. But if you beat a seed in the first round, you, you kind of, as Calvin would say, nick their draw. So, you know, she she could get a... Yeah, an Allison Lee in the uh, an Anne Lee, sorry, in the in the next round, and then maybe uh, rebacking her in the third round. Who I don't think she should necessarily be afraid of. Uh, and the section is wide open after that. Svitolina or Kasatkina, again, you know, not not players I think she should be afraid of. So uh, potential for a lot of points there, I think, given that it's two points a win in that category. And then very finally, the women's qualifier. Uh, I mean, there's no qualifier on qualifier clash, which is usually my kind of go-to. Um, but I know a lot of people have picked Emma Raducanu. She's got Jennifer Brady in the first round, um, who has not been very fit. She's changed her coach this year. She's not been playing well. Um, so I can see the logic there, and Raducanu's obviously hitting the ball like a dream. But I, I've kind of gone differential. I've gone for Anna Karolina Schmidlova, uh, who has a title this summer, albeit on clay in Belgrade, and it was a one two five. But, you know, they all count. Um She's got Ashlyn Kruger in the first round, who I know some Americans are very excited about. But, you know, she's 17. She won the, the Girls' National Championship to get in. This is going to be a really big moment for her. And Schmedlova gets so many balls back. Um, I just think she'll have too much for the 17-year-old and it'll be one of those situations where, you know, almost just glad of the experience. So that's my, my team for the fantasy tennis you've still got a few hours to enter uh, it'll shut just after three o'clock uk time which is now before play start on monday uh, follow at love tennis pod for updates and, and links to the, the live standings and the rest of it and and best of luck all round sports social podcast network Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.